0: Welcome to Changing the Way People Feel About Insurance with FWD. My name's Fiona Mattesini, and in the pod today, we're talking to Lee Murphy, FWD's Group Chief Human Resources Officer. Lee and I covered several areas of discussion, including interviews.
1: A candidate today, customer tomorrow.
0: Leadership.
1: Nature or nurture, science or art
0: and commitment
1: that's what we're looking for in terms of bottom-up innovation making sure that we increase employee involvement
0: it was a real pleasure to spend some time in lee's company and find out a little bit more about the people and the people's strategy at fwd Lee, it's great to spend some time with you because full disclosure, I've already had the pleasure of speaking with you once before on a separate piece of work. And I came away really feeling that you'd given me something to think about. So I'll be quoting you back at you a fair bit. And just before we began recording, you talked really wonderfully about the idea that employee experience is the new customer experience. Now that's interesting.
1: Yeah, the employee experience is the new customer experience, but it's a lot broader than that. It's also about candidate experience. So any of the touch points with FWD from the LinkedIn experience that they may have with FWD to the way that we've interviewed a particular candidate, the way that we've manage them through the actual process is absolutely critical. There's the manager experience, how we onboard first-time managers, and then it's employee experience and how we're there in the moments that matter for those employees.
0: I think this whole candidate experience idea is fascinating and it's really refreshing to hear that FWD is thinking about the entire ecosystem, the entire food chain, because it's from the moment that contact is made, right?
1: A candidate today, customer tomorrow, yeah. and we absolutely need to make sure that that experience is a consistent one with FWD, and I actually get a lot of energy and a high level of motivation just through having these conversations. We don't call them interviews, it's a series of conversations and discussions.
0: I like that conversations. So let's dive a little deeper into your background. You joined FWD from Google. You also worked with Microsoft and Nokia. I know you're very excited by how HR teams can use digital technology, which I'm kind of intrigued by. Can you explain what's in your HR stack at FWD either now or future state?
1: Now my team will know I get excited about all of the HR functional areas but the HR tech side has come more to the fore, I would say, in the last, certainly from my experience, the last five to eight years. So we're building out our people analytics and insights approach, which will increase what we term HR visualisation and the way that we're presenting our insights into the business. If I pivot over to talent acquisition, that is such a cool space, looking at the talent sourcing models, If you look from a CRM perspective, so when you look at an Ask HR, how you log those questions, how you manage it, how you get the knowledge management piece, there's some really compelling offerings. Mm. One of the drivers for me is that I look at business simplification. So the business approval processes need to be as simple as possible when you're looking at the employee journey, digitization of all our HR practices and processes. So driving towards that paperless HR experience is absolutely critical for us. When you think about the talent acquisition side, we'll be using artificial intelligence wow. in, the, in the way that we look at our sourcing into the future. Not there today, but that's the proposition that we're looking at, you know, through the video platforms that we're looking to engage and other companies are doing that today However, we think we've got an exciting proposition that we can bring into the insurance industry.
0: Okay. And I guess that's something that you can't quite talk about just just yet. Not yet. All right. Okay. I'll come back to you on that, Lee. Yeah, please
1: do, because I'd love to come back to have a HR tech session.
0: That sounds like a plan. And thank you for explaining all of the tech side so brilliantly. You mentioned talent acquisition. FWD is building a reputation, I think, for such a rich and diverse pool of talent, and you're a prime example, actually. What do you look for, or who do you look for at FWD?
1: We're looking for diverse experience from the external market. When you think about insurance, we want to make sure that we're getting a variety of diverse experiences, and not just from the insurance industry even with my previous experience coming from the tech side. So we're bringing all sorts of different backgrounds, experience uh, into the team. So a couple of elements that we're looking for is behaviours. Mindset is absolutely critical in terms of this team-based approach, collaborative ways of working, empathy. Mm. When we start to look at profiles, but we're looking at different segments as well. For example, we've initiated a digital graduate program because we want to seed the organisation with digital natives, different perspectives, different ways of working, technology savvy, infusing the culture with this trailblazer mentality, which is infectious and passes on to our team.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this question is a podcast in itself, but what to you makes a good leader?
1: Nature or nurture, science or art. Right? I don't know what I will go down in history for, but often I spend a lot of time coaching and observing, hiring, and supporting leaders throughout my career. And there's certain characteristics that I've certainly observed related to these earlier points around empathy, authenticity, inclusive style of leadership, which is really important how they are able to reduce the hierarchy or formality, making sure they get the best from people in that room. They're passionate about people. They don't outsource their conversations. Mm. They're in the moment. They're present. This is not about introversion or extroversion, but it comes through that authenticity that they have. Mm. They also have to have a degree of optimism to make sure that they're motivating and inspiring teams as well and bring energy to the room and not take it out of the room, which is really important. They have to have a vision and make sure that they're also providing that calmness and consistency as well. People know that if you're with this leader, they're going to deliver some outcomes for us, deliver our impact as a team, but we do it as a team. This is this part about inclusive leadership.
0: Okay, so if I was to look at an average FWD employee profile, and I appreciate that it's very hard to call an FWD employee an average employee, what or rather who would I see?
1: We have a significant group of millennials, but at the same time, we attract all generations within FWD, and it's very exciting actually to get this diverse group with their experiences, their particular backgrounds. At the same time, we're not just any insurance company. This is an exciting and innovative and dynamic team. We go for a very broad talent pool, so we're looking for experience within the insurance industry itself, but we're also attracting people from many fields and walks of life, people from technology, from FMCG, financial services, early in career graduates. So it's really exciting to see the types of profiles that we're bringing into the company. And this is a cool company to work for.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've never worked for an insurance company, but it doesn't feel how I would expect an insurance company to feel. And that's just from talking to all of the leadership. It feels different. And it does feel cool, which is great for you guys, because when you sit at dinner parties and you say, I work in insurance, people go, really? You can go, no, 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 listen, this is what we do. And it's a growing company too, right?
1: Yeah, it is. We have more than 6,000 employees across 10 markets. These markets are extremely diverse. So with the growth comes passion, commitment, a huge amount of effort to drive for these results as an (laughs) organisation. But the passion and the commitment of our people is just extraordinary. And what I'm really excited about is FWD Anywhere, making sure that we cater for different styles of working in an open talent economy. So that will be absolutely critical for our success going forward. We are in the business of attracting talent to our organisation and we need to make sure that we have a plug and play approach People will be attracted to FWD. So this hybrid ways of mm. working, the flexible ways of working. So this anywhere is absolutely critical. Yeah,
0: yeah. Plug and play. I like how you phrase that, by the way.
1: We're building out our wellbeing strategy. We're launching that as well, whether it's related to emotional health, physical health, financial wellness, sense of belonging, social connectedness. We're going to make the in- investments and focus mm. on our people not only this year, but for the coming years as well. So a lot of excitement around that.
0: Yeah. And going back to what you said about millennials, I'm guessing that millennials coming out through the organisation, for them, they're benchmarking at that place anyway, because they would expect their well-being. So you're kind of tracking what millennials and also Gen X, Gen Z, what they would expect as well.
1: I think the conversations are changing and COVID has accelerated that. There's been a movement for some time, but if you look at where people wish to work, they're going to look at the culture of your Mm organisation, the behaviours and the role modelling of your leaders. They're going to look at their flexible ways of working. They're going to look at the way you look at diversity inclusion in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So there's many, many criteria in which um, people are looking, you know, to join organisations now.
0: Talk to me about the digital graduate programme. That seems very exciting.
1: Yeah, so we've got exciting digital graduate program across our markets, landing digital graduates in each of our markets on an 18-month program, rotating every six months across different functions. The good news is we've tripled the program in 12 months. We're getting real excitement and pull from the campuses. We focus on two to three universities in each of the markets that we're in, or polytechnics, depending on the, the particular market that we wish to source the digital graduates. We're getting the referral and the quality coming through actually keeps me motivated and inspired because from the conversations <laughs> I've had, it's extraordinary. In addition to that, we complement it with an extensive internship program and just by way of example, we had approximately 90 interns last year. This year, will be over 200.
0: Yeah. Going back to something that actually going way back to the launch of the podcast and something that Fong spoke about, which is his belief that insurance offers a social good. It's closing a protection gap and it's protecting what matters most to people. But I wonder, what's your experience been of how the brand vision resonates or the values resonate with these grads and and interns coming in?
1: Yeah, I I actually think the vision isn't age-bound, whether it's millennials or those that are more experienced in the organisation. All of us have a purpose and a meaning tied to the strategic vision of the company and change the way that people feel about insurance And you can arrive at that in many different ways. And I think from an insurance perspective, Mm. part of that story, when you think about our vision, is about seeing how we close that protection gap, how we support people in, in the lives that they lead, and if they lose a loved one, how we will be able to support them through those times. And I think the way that we talk about that, the way we think about that, the way we look at the customer experience is absolutely critical Not only that, we're also supporting communities when we think about financial literacy, but also other programs, whether it's the Special Olympics in Hong Kong, for example. So Mm -hmm. there's many ways in which we're supporting the communities that we live and work in.
0: Yeah, and I've been reading up on the CEO challenge, which is where FWD challenges all employees to team up and create new ideas for FWD that then get pitched to the CEO, Fong, and some of the executive team. And an idea is then chosen by everyone to be sponsored. And the winning team gets time and resource to develop their idea in their way. That sounds great.
1: Well, when I said we're a cool company... That's part of it, and that's what we're looking for in terms of bottom-up innovation, mm. making sure that we increase employee involvement, that a good idea can come from anywhere within the organisation. We have employee voting for an idea. There's particular areas that we look at on technology and being as examples, customer experience. And we try and harness the thinking and thoughts of our people in terms of innovative practices and we get to vote on that as a community. Yeah.
0: And how different are all of the Asian markets in which you work within themselves?
1: That's a big question. Yeah. (laughs) Though in saying that, I would say human behaviour is universal. Mm. People wish to be treated the way you wish to be treated yourself. So empathy, high degree of humility teamwork and collaborative ways of working, bringing energy into the teams that you work with. So from an Asian perspective, there's no difference from that point of view, in my experience. Having said that, working in Japan versus, you know, living and working in Singapore, naturally there's going to be differences in the working style, the culture, Mm -hmm motivation, the way one looks at their career, the way one looks at their development. So you need to be very mindful in the way that you look at your programs, Mm. what programs you can scale across these markets and what programs need to be localised to make sure that they have the impact that you're after. Mm. One of the ways we look at that is goal setting. So there's a series of goals that are set for all our people And the manager has check-ins on a quarterly basis. And those goals can be changed at any time Mm. during a 12-month cycle. So we've provided some flexibility and agility, but also an opportunity to have this feedback loop and the employee changing and modifying their goals as they go through the year.
0: Very interesting. Can we talk a bit more about how to give feedback? Because there's quite compelling neuroscience to prove that when people hear critical feedback or what they might perceive to be critical feedback. Some quite primitive defences are triggered in one particular part of the brain. Now, maybe I'm projecting too much of myself here because I'm quite rewards-driven, I think, but the feedback loop can be tricky terrain. Do you think it can be stressful for managers too to give feedback?
1: It can be. It's not just about a manager. It might be the first time a manager's given feedback. You know, they've just come into a particular role. So I think you need to build that circle of trust. Psychological safety and rapport is absolutely critical, but it also comes down to preparation, that the manager has taken an interest and done their homework, so to speak, made sure that they have had goals in place that are relevant, you know, smart objectives, specific and measurable, achievable realistic and timely, and making sure that they have those check-ins on a regular basis. I always think in these situations a no surprise principle. You know, as you're going into a session, either as an employee or the there should be no surprises because that ongoing
0: relationship should be healthy. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Can you talk to me about unconscious bias? Because this is a particularly interesting space and part of the training that FWD is doing.
1: I think if you think about how you've been developed with your own set of experiences, how over time you identify in many different ways and you may have particular habits or mindset or behaviours, can be so many influences the way you were brought up, the schooling, the parenting, the teaching, the conditioning, the cultural constructs mm. you may have had to have observed. All those can come to play when you're looking at unconscious bias. And one of the things is to how to you make sure that you're able to check yourself and back to this self-awareness as to what may be some of those unconscious biases that you may have or exhibit, for example, particular interview question that you may use. Or you're looking at a particular candidate list and you screen out people unintentionally because you may have a view on this particular university Mm. or you may have a view on this particular nationality. Mm. Not conscious, but just screening out. Mm. So you also need to be thinking about how do you screen in candidates for an interview as well? And that's something we try and create awareness on.
0: It sounds fascinating. Listen, finally, I know that you're a podcast fan already, which is great to hear. Can you recommend a podcast or even more than one?
1: I have to say I'm... uh, Whether you say a podcast tragic or someone who just (laughs) enjoys podcasts, I certainly do, and I I find them (laughs) superb. I really enjoy HBR IdeaCast, and the other one is, which is quite apt even as I think about this podcast, We Will Get Through This, which is just absolutely fascinating. That's Michael Bungie, Stanier interviewing a series of different speakers, which can be on micro-resilience, can be on empathy, so he's had a, a couple of series so far, engaging different experts in particular areas and just having conversations around that. And I have to say I've learned a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great, great. And I'll put these in the show notes as well so that people can check those out. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been a fascinating, interesting, inspiring conversation. I was looking forward to this one already, and I'm so glad we got to to talk. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Fiona. I'm very grateful for how you've treated me through the session really good. So thank you.
0: So that ends our podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about FWD, you can head to the group website, which is fwd.com. My name's Fiona Mattesini. Thanks for listening.